Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, I want to start out the show today with one question to you. Steph Curry, Steve Curry, your former teammate said after the game last night that Steph Curry, Steph Curry was, quote-unquote, otherworldly. The best show in basketball, BJ. What do you think about Steph Curry, otherworldly? Is he actually an alien? Because I heard this about Jordan. People thought he might be an alien at one point. Or Jesus Christ himself. All day I've been saying this, and I'm just going to – I just want to (laughs) start off today by saying it. Shout out to Silent Bob. (laughs) (laughs) I just – that's my saying for the day. Say that again. Shout out to Silent Bob. Shout Shout out out to Silent Bob. Bob. Yeah, I just want to say shout out to (laughs) – it's – okay. Let's get to this question. Um. I get it. I get Steph Curry is playing phenomenal. Basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's, I get it. We're in a pandemic. We have no fans. No one's in these arenas. I was very fortunate to play on a team where every time we stepped on the floor, well, every time he stepped on the floor, let's just call it what it is, there was a packed house. There's something about playing basketball in front of fans that gives you energy. Mm-hmm. When I watch the games on television, unlike when I watched it in the bubble, it seems a little, a little different. The view, the it's not as intimate as it was in the in the bubble, because of the arena. The fact that Steph Curry is generating his own energy, <laughs> mm-hmm. I find that interesting. I really he's do. going like, Super Saiyan, yeah. By like himself. he, he's yeah. dancing. He, mm-hmm. His teammates are into it. He celebrates after he like is generating his own. It's like you, you, the one thing, you know, the one thing about him that I will say he's otherworldly or whatever the term is, is that he's figured out a way with his own creative in his own creative way. Like he's the player and the fans all in one. Like mm-hmm. probably people are celebrating at home, but you can't see him. But Steph Curry is celebrating his own. Some of his reactions to his plays are are pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like you said, they are for the fans. It's as if he is creating the Rorical experience that we saw before in and of himself. And he has the biggest advantage in basketball, BJ. A little known secret known as Juan Toscano Anderson, who actually is a fan and was a fan of the Warriors before he played for the Warriors and was a big fan of Steph Curry. And now he's playing with his favorite players. So when he is, you know, throwing assists to Steph Curry, he the other night did a, a full on guitar celebration uh, after throwing an assist to Steph Curry. Uh, while he was taking the shot. I mean, this guy, the the Warriors have the one thing that every single NBA team wants. LeBron James said it. He wants fans. He loved being in Atlanta against fans. And uh, the Warriors have a fan on the team, and he's playing with Steph Curry. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, It's it, good for it, the it, NBA. You know, like Steph, he, I was watching the other. I can't remember what game. He made an and one. And he looked just as amazed as everyone else did. Like the announcers 40 were 40 points crazy. last night, 10 three-pointers. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's playing great, and he's bringing his own energy. He really is in his own world right now because he, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if the fans were there, there's no need to celebrate. You would get the immediate kind of reaction during the course of the game. But his reaction to his own play, I find that very funny, <laughs> if anything. It's kind of entertaining in and of itself. And I think the rest of the players have picked up on it, like, 
there's no one to clap. So he just starts clapping for himself. And you, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like that. I I mean, you're in a you're in these arenas all by yourself playing, you know, games. So it has to be a little different. So anything you can do to, to keep yourself motivated in the game, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. So, you know, uh, he is definitely entertaining to watch. He's been terrific. He has been. I, I What can I say? What can yeah. I say that hasn't been said? Like, yeah, the best show in basketball. There you go. And uh, we'll keep it pushing as we go through the rest of the NBA. But I want to bring up Michael Thompson, uh, Clay Thompson's father. Hilarious on Twitter. You know, he said, if a Curry takes a shot, watch out. He said, it doesn't matter if it's Dell, if it's Steph, or if it's Seth, who VJ, uh, on the Philadelphia 76ers, this man right now is going for a 50-50-100 season. I will say that again. I mean, you, you we used to hear about 50, 40, 90. That was the club you wanted to be in. That's how you show that you were a proficient So shooter. he's going for a 50? 50 from the field, 50 from the three-point line, 100% from the free throw line. That's what he's on right now. So if a Curry takes a shot, watch out. In the words of Michael Thompson. <laughs> BJ, a man who shot, you know, over 40% himself from the three-point line. Yeah, I, I got no <laughs> response to this. <laughs> I mean, I got no response. I mean... This is just too much. It's too many stats now. You know what I mean? It's like it's I, like everyone's got you a stat. You understand that? You understand? Everyone's that, got a stat. When this you guy's play, 50, when you 50, play hundred. This guy is true. Like I don't even know what I. You know. <laughs> but when this you guy play, said BJ, his true shooting percentage yourself, the other day. No, no, no. But when you played, you said to yourself, "I want to shoot over fifty percent. I'm trying to shoot over forty percent from the three point line, and I'm trying to shoot over ninety percent from the free throw line." It's just in your head. You're like, "Those are good numbers that I want to hit. Good marks." It, it never occurred. I, I mean, it never occurred to me that that's what. Like I, I didn't. I, 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 I don't know. I wasn't smart enough to go out there and say. This is what I want to do. I'm going to shoot 50% from the uh, two, 40%. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you looked at the numbers, you're saying to, to gauge it, right? To, to be like, I'm having a good year. I look and I'm shooting 43%, let's say, from the three-point line. You say, I'm having a good year. But if you're shooting 32% from the three-point line, you would say, I'm not having a good year. You know, or I'm, I'm, I'm not shooting as well as I should be. Or you're just saying it was more of a feel. You're just like, I... I know when I'm missing shots. Or were you making so many shots you didn't even care to notice? Yeah, I, I it, it never occurred to me. Like, Tate, mm -hmm. I'm just being honest. No, no, no. I, it I'm never, it, it never. So, for, for instance, for instance, it was a player on our team, should be nameless, that I played <laughs> with. It doesn't matter in my career. I'm just going to say, is it where this player did not shoot the ball at the end of the quarter? You know, I respect players for a lot of different things, for a lot of different reasons. But one thing I don't respect is when I see players doing things for stats. For stats. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when you say, when you are a guard and you are responsible for dribbling the ball and you are the primary or secondary ball handler on that team, you're going to have irresponsible shots that you need to take because... The ball is going to be in your hand at the end of a shot clock. The ball is going to be in your hand probably more times than not at the end of a quarter. And because you have a responsibility to your group, 
at the end of that quarter, if you have the ball at half court, you got to throw that ball up there. I couldn't afford to be in a situation where I thought like that. I mean, these are fun numbers to talk about, right? I mean, they're fun. But you can't win with that. And when I watch Steph Curry, and the reason he fascinates me is because he just jacks it up from anywhere. I was going to say, he wants to take that half-court shot. Yeah. And there are a lot of players that have your thought and won't shoot that ball at the end of the quarter because these they're worried days, about their especially because they want to. Yeah, they want to be in these. These clubs. days, yeah. those days, I've seen it. Then this is nothing <laughs> new. Yeah, and, and 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 these are fun things to talk about, but truly, those things destroy your team mm-hmm. because everybody in that locker room knows what I'm saying here. Everybody knows. If you had that ball with two seconds at half court, you got to heave it. You can't say, well, it's going to mess up my 50, 50, 90 or 50, 50, 100 as you're talking about. <laughs> like, like you're at yeah. the end of the game and Seth Curry all of a sudden is like, well, I got to make this. I got to make this free throw because if I miss it, if I miss it, it's going to mess up my stats. You can't think this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't and, think and, Seth does. No, I'm just saying, I'm just yeah, using because yeah. you said, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think he does, but I'm just saying we are all going to be in situations where we have to do what's best for our team. And as a guard, like, I had to do what I had to do. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like I was shooting a high percentage because I was under duress like these guys are. I mean, I was shooting open threes because everyone was double teaming and triple teaming Jordan. At the very least, I felt like I could make an open shot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, see, I'm just being honest. Yep. At yep. the very least, the guy <laughs> was playing a double team, triple team. At the very least, I could make an open shot. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't think anything. I didn't think like, oh, man, I, I'm having a good year. No, well, the guy's getting triple team. Like, at the very least, like, make an open shot. I mean, if if there's any lasting, you know, legacy on the game that I think we all can learn from Kobe Bryant, it's that Kobe taught us that look, you can go six or twenty one, but if you win the game and you took the right shots, you know what I mean? Like that, he, he that that's what it was. I mean, last night Dame Lillard goes six for twenty one, shoots twenty eight percent from the field, has thirty points, and the Blazers win the game against the Sixers, the best team in the East. I I, I mean, when it comes to shooting, it's only one thing I really respect. <laughs> it's only one thing that I respect. Yes. Is FGAs. Yeah, save for the people in the back. <laughs> I, I don't have time for percentages. I don't have time for <laughs> You're saying take a shoot. shot. No, I, the fact that you can generate and get up 45 shots, I don't care if you go one for 45. The fact that you have the ability to generate 45 shots, that's a talent. That's talent, yeah. That's the only, that's the only stat I really like. I go, wow. <laughs> Like, people were like, oh, man, this guy's averaging 35 points a game. I was like, how many shots did he generate? (laughs) Like, the fact that you have the ability to generate 30-plus shots or 40 shots or 50 shots in a game, Mm -hmm. that to me is like, that's impressive. The most all-time Kobe Bryant, 50 shots in his last game for 60 points. Man, see, that to me, you catch my attention. All of the stats and this guy... He's the shooting. Okay, whatever. 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 Okay, it sounds good. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Man, George Gervin, he could get up shots. 
Yep, the Iceman. You know, the late Kobe Bryant, man. That's Watching KD, all right. He's, sometimes he's hot. He's number. He can he can get up shots. Mm-hmm. Jordan and Dominique, Larry Bird. Like I, I was always, I'm always intrigued about players who have the ability to get up shots, because that just speaks about the talent level that you have, right? You you can do it in half court, full court, double team, triple team, single coverage, fast break. Regardless, it's hard out. to get open enough to get a shot. Out, and you're you know getting I mean? double team, triple team. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that to me is that's impressive. Like Charles Barkley, that's impressive. Watching Shaq to me was impressive because he needed guards to get him the ball and he still was able to get up shots. Like that's pretty impressive. Like that's yes. pretty impressive. Speaking of last night, Joel Embiid, uh, an MVP candidate in the league. I mean, last he gets twenty five shots up last night. Had a you know extraordinary game. You know, at the end of the third quarter, had you know some magnificent moments there with four points in two seconds on the clock. Uh, you know, and uh, they don't win the game, but I was impressed with Embiid just because you mentioned Shaq and getting up shots. I mean, to get up twenty five shots, thirty two points. You know, he he uh, he looks like he is in MVP form. Joel has been playing. Fabulous. I mean, this is Joel Embiid that we've all been waiting to see. Mm-hmm. And when you finally hit that space in your career, you know, one of the, the first things that you'll always remember about when you're playing your best basketball is the is the type of condition you're in. Mm-hmm. And I, he looks in great condition this year as compared to years past. He's playing great. He had another, you know, amazing game last night even though they didn't win you know they came up a little short but he was great I mean he put up big time numbers and he's been consistent throughout the year so you know we want to give him his credit because we keep talking about the little guys and a small ball and Joel Embiid has really made a statement this year he's really Mm -hmm. made a tremendous statement and hopefully he'll continue to do this because he's had some health concerns throughout his career. But this year he seems to be able to play through fatigue. He seems to be in much better condition. And more importantly, he's playing the game the right way. You know, he's taking on the double teams, passing it, moving it, you know, patrolling on the defensive end. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll continue to to do what he's doing because uh, I think, you know, the game needs the contribution of the bigs. Yeah, the bigs are got to, you know, they have to be back. And, I mean, when you think about the MVP race in history, it's usually the best player on the best team, you know, wins the MVP. There's outliers, of course. Russell Westbrook recently, you know, averages a triple-double, which is, you know, a f- phenomenal feat. So he gets, out, you know, that honor. But um, uh, the Sixers are first in the East and Bede's their best player. So that's why he's in that conversation. The Jazz are the best team or, you know, have the best record in the West. So Donovan Mitchell will, you know, obviously by default be in that conversation. LeBron James is in that conversation, of course. Um, Kevin Durant has been thrown in that conversation. Our guy, Nikola Jokic, has been thrown in that conversation. Um, But BJ, is there anyone that that you look at right now? I know we're still early in the season. We're still pushing through. So this is just, you know, jabber and talk. But out of those guys, is there anyone that you see and you say, hmm, that looks like maybe even Giannis, you know, the Bucs are the second best team in the east who's the mvp this year yeah 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 yeah. that you see so it's 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 been lebron james he he's Mm -hmm. been the mvp this year he he really has and you know you have to give him his credit where credit is due 
And yep. one of the things I agree a hundred percent, by the way. Yeah. I, I just think right now, if there is an MVP, it's about availability. LeBron mm-hmm. James has made himself available and he's been very consistent. You know, from the moment the season ended, you know, or was postponed last year, playing in the bubble, they go all the way through the bubble, win the championship. They have a 71-day break in between there, and then they're back. And at his his age, for him to be available and playing at this level and for them to have the record they have and all of the things they've done, he's been been the MVP Mm. at the early parts of the season this year. That's what I see. And uh, Jokic... Has been terrific. Joel Embiid, who we, we we spoke about, Giannis has put up massive numbers. KD coming off of his injury. Those are all great stories. But if you're saying the best player throughout its entirety, contribution to winning, leadership, and all of those things, I think LeBron James has been head and shoulders over the rest of the guys this year in the NBA. And I think, uh, you know, there was all this narrative talk when he went to Los Angeles, which is, you know, pretty funny to look back at now when, you know, people said he wanted to just make movies and that Anthony Davis was going to be the workhorse on this team. LeBron James is the workhorse on the Lakers. Anthony Davis, I mean, I know he's dealing with injuries and we understand that, but LeBron James, he is the motor on that team. I mean, they got taken to overtime against a young OKC team. And he's willing to play these regular season games and, and grind them out and get wins. I mean, they're the only other team other than the Jazz with 20 wins in the NBA. And uh, he's been phenomenal. And I think uh, I think that's a great point to be made. Let's talk about, BJ, the other team that they played against in the bubble in the finals. That was the Miami Heat, a team that you know came out of the gate struggling. Um, Jimmy Butler was injured, of course, for a little yep. bit. But their last seven games, they're 5-2. and two. They get a nice win over the Rockets last night. Uh, Jimmy Butler got a nice little meme moment where he was, you know, writhing on the floor, you know, uh, trying to get the attention of the officials and then said he learned his acting skills from his friend Mark Wahlberg. Uh, you know, so Jimmy's being Jimmy. The Heat seemed to be back in form. They're a half game out of the playoffs in the East. So uh, our, our, what do we expect from the Heat? And is Pat Rally slowly working wonders behind the scenes there? Well, I think this is kind of a yes and no because – yep. Last year, I didn't expect the Miami Heat to make the to, leap. Yeah, I didn't expect this team to get to the NBA Finals. Suddenly this year, I looked at them and I said, it's one of those teams you look at the team and you go, maybe they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they continuously exceed my expectation for what they should do. And now I don't want to count them out because you – they're consistent now, you know, when they are healthy, they exceed all of my expectations. I really don't know what to make of this Miami Heat team because mm-hmm. I look at their roster and I say, well, maybe it's not the best roster in the East, but at the end of the day, they win. Jimmy Butler's on the floor. He gets a triple-double. And they play with a level of confidence. Duncan Robinson shooting the ball. Tyler Hero shooting the ball. Bam, suddenly. So yeah, the whatever, Iguodala, which yeah, is kind yeah. of an underrated bet on yeah. the team. Yeah, so, they, I mean, whatever it is, it works for them. We continuously overlook them in the media. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or at least I do. <laughs> at least I will admit it. But they play hard. They play the right way. They have a star player, Jimmy Butler. 
And at the end of the day, you have to beat this team. They're going to defend. They're going to space the court. They're going to be unselfish. They have depth. They're well coached. And lo and behold, we'll all be sitting here and we'll be picking the Brooklyn Nets to come out of the East. And we'll be picking, <laughs> you know, the, the Philadelphia 76ers. And this guy will the be Bucks. the MVP, yep. the Bucks. And here, and lo and behold, Miami will have another upset. <laughs> Miami will have another upset. And we'll be looking at the Miami Heat in the finals. And then we'll be like, what happened? And then next year, we'll repeat it again. We'll do the same <laughs> thing. So Jimmy Butler is an impactful player. He's yep. done that his entire career. And I, I have no idea what makes them win other than I know they do everything right. They play hard. Yep. They play unselfish. They they defend. They have excellent interior players in BAM. They have spacers. They have a star player. And um, so I'm as guilty as anyone else is I always overlook this team. But I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Discover. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash so you already know there's cash inside before even opening it. But in this case, it's already stuffed with your first year cash back match, and you don't even have to send a thank you note. Cash back match only by Discover card. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Discover something brighter. Another team that's constantly overlooked in the East and a team that won a championship not too long ago, the Tampa Bay Raptors, as they're now known. They started off the season very rocky. There I was, was like uh, the Tampa Bay Raptors. That's pretty funny. There was a lot of question marks, but now they're the sixth seed in the East. They have turned things around. Pascal Siakam is now, I think he started the year, he was shooting around 25. I know you don't like percentages, but shooting around 25, 27%. Uh, from the three-point line, up that up over the past six games. Uh, Kyle Lowry seems to be back in form. FVV, of course, had the the infamous fifty-point game that BJ still. Did you watch that game, BJ? Have you have you figured out how he scored fifty yet? Yeah, I I, I saw it. I'm, 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 I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. You know, I'm, I'm just. It's funny. I'm listening to you, and I'm like, this team isn't even five hundred, but they're in the playoffs. I was like, okay, yep. what's going on? But okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's true though. I mean, they, they're twelve and fourteen. They're the right above the Hornets, who are the seven seed, uh, right there. And uh, you know, regardless, the Raptors have seemingly turned things around. And they're another team in the East that we always have to watch out for. That, like you said, we don't, we haven't been talking about them. We've talked about the top of the East, which is assumed is you know Boston, you know maybe Philadelphia, you know maybe Milwaukee, but Miami and Toronto are both back in form. It looks like right now. So there are other teams to watch out for. You know, I've said this before many uh, many times, especially early in the season. The Toronto Raptors, probably out of any other team in the NBA, has had the most difficult transition mm -hmm. of any team because they're not even at home like the rest of the other uh, the league. They had to go to the bubble, play, yep, quarantine and do all the things in COVID, just like everyone else. And then, by the way, before they start, you know, they said, oh, you guys got to go to Canada to play. So now they have to uproot their families, get their kids in school, yeah. relocate, so forth and so on. This has been a very difficult for them on a lot of different levels, like a lot of different people. But this was very, very difficult. So for this organization to persevere and be at this point where they're 12 and 14, 
to be in the playoffs, to be in the playoffs, to me, speaks volumes about those kids and about what they're doing. But more importantly, it says a lot about, you know, like Kyle Lowry and Siakam and Van Fleet and, and all of those players is that they've had every reason to like say, this is just too much. This is that this is very hard. This is hard on everybody, everybody. But you put that into the mix as well. Then you start saying, you know what? This this group has something in them. So, you know, Masai, who, you know, is a good friend up there, they always figure things out. You know, yeah, you can't Mas- ever count yeah. them out. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know what? Rough start. But every time I talk to Masai, he's always positive. He's always high on this team. He's always mm-hmm. saying, you know what? We're going to get it. To, we're right where we want to be. Masai like, is like a Jedi of basketball. He yeah, is very, he, yeah, he really he, is. He's a, he, he, he just moves with the force. Yeah. yeah, he knows what's going on. So I am not surprised. You know, look, Kyle Lowry, he's from Philly. <laughs> tough. <laughs> he's tough. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. They're going to continue to figure this out. They're going to continue to to battle. And more importantly, you know what? At the end, when it's all said and done, they'll probably be in top five in the Eastern Conference. And, and um, you know, things will shake out how they're supposed to shake out. So, I want to ask you about one more team that we just mentioned and the team that beat the Raptors last night, the Boston Celtics. Uh, they have, oh. J- you, know, J- you know, Jason Tatum. Yep. Uh, they have Jalen Brown, who is yep. now an all-star consideration. And... There are some rumors swirling that they're searching for one more piece, BJ, to uh, to add to their arsenal to make a run to the finals. I mean, that's I think sort of the 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 thing we've done with the Heat, uh, or maybe the Raptors. We all kind of look at their rosters and say, you know, they're one move away. Same with the Celtics, so they're trying to make that move. Um, you know, have you watched the Celtics? What do you take away from the Celtics? Do you think that's the case? Because they do, you know, have two of the most talented wings, you know, young wings in the NBA. And, uh, you know, that is a force to be reckoned with. I think Jalen Brown's great in the half court. I think he's been great getting to the basket. He is, you know, kind of physically, you know, been able to impose himself a little bit more this season. And, uh, yeah, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. What do you think about that tandem? And Vucevic is the name that's been that's been swirling that they may make a move for. But um, who knows? Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't like all of the trade rumors talk. and yeah, trades. Don't like, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. like that. I, I don't, I don't like the piecemeal thing. You know what I mean? It's like, let me just patch this up because yeah, they think that's what I need, right? Oh, they need a center. And once they get the center, no, what I, what I will say, cause you're asking me here. What, what, what I, yeah, it's what do you think? Yeah. About yeah. What the, I, about their setup? Yeah. I think it's time to say the following Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They have arrived. Mm-hmm. It's time now in the offseason, starting this offseason and moving forward to build a team around those two. It's time, okay? Mm-hmm. First, they were young, and you know, we got Gordon Haywood and Gordon, yeah, Gordon Hayward, and when he came and they brought him in in a big deal with the idea he was gonna play. And then if Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown worked out, great. Yep. They got Kyrie Irving. He was going to be and the star. The yep. star. Great. And then, and then they, they brought in Kimba Al. Yeah. Then, no, the then they got in out. Remember, they got yep. Al Horford. Yep. Okay. Now, when the smoke cleared, 
because the talent always rises to the top. The two guys that emerged were Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It's time now for those guys because they have earned the right now to be to the lead guys. the team yep. and stop piecemealing all of the things around it. Okay. I like Kimber Walker. Is Kimber Walker, how does he, instead of saying the other way around, how does he compliment them? Okay, so all of these other players that they have and all of the players you look around now. You're, you're right. They, they're looking for the star, but the stars are right in front of them. Okay, Jay, it's time right now to say that those two guys. And empower them. Tell them that they're the yeah, stars. So, you, you know what I mean? So, and the reason I'm saying that is because when I look at a team and I look at a team that has an opportunity to maximize its potential. You always want to build around the strength of your best players. So in the case of my own case, okay, what was the strength of a Jordan and a Pippen? They were versatile. Why am I going to put people around them that can't play with those two types of players and who mm -hmm. would complement their skill set? Jason Tatum now and Jalen Brown are at a point in their career where they are ready to lead. I think they have enough experience, especially on the offensive end. I think defensively, both have shown now the ability to take that matchup on the other end. Mm -hmm. And they are very impactful players. They impact the bottom line. Yeah. And they've and done Tatum's it. had some big moments in the playoffs. And, and, and both of them are consistent in what they do. And when they are healthy, man, they, they are a dy dynamic duo. They really are. They, they. I mean, both of those guys get it going. They're fearless. They like try to dunk on you. They, they, they both got a little handle. You know, they'll both try to score forty if it could be. So I think it's time now, in my humble opinion, that the organization says we have two stars. Mm -hmm. These are our two guys, and we're going to build around these two guys. So if whatever the players they do assess, because I'm not there every day. They should complement those two players in some capacity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Now, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, how are we going to help those two? Because those two should be top 15 players in the league. Yep. Or higher. And that's where I think the organization has to commit to. Now, Vucic and all of those things, I don't know. Does that help? Jason Tatum, I, I, you know, I, I does this guy, I, I, those two guys right now, I'm going to, I'm going to surround the most athletic bigs I can put around them so we can play vertical basketball, so we can rim protect, so we can get out and run because those guys are young and they're athletic. Why am I trying to slow the game down with those guys? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, let's maybe Vujic is a, is at more athletic than he's shown. <laughs> Maybe he is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he is. Maybe he's a rim protector. I just haven't seen it down in Orlando. Maybe he is. I mean, and you're getting a lot out of Tice. I mean, hey, he's, hey. Yeah. all I'm saying is I think it's time now to say, okay, these are our guys. We've done all of the other things. And I think they were right because Jason, those guys were young at the time, right? I didn't know they were going to emerge like this. 
But when it was all said and done, they did. You know, Jalen Brown's an all-star. He, if he's not an all-star, he's playing like an all-star. And the other guy is an all-star. So it's time now to say, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's put a team together around these guys that's going to compliment them. And I, I, I and I'll say this, and then I, and then I'm going to you know allow you know stop talking here. <laughs> the one guy, Marcus Smart, he compliments what they do. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart is an anchor on the uh, on the second unit. So to me, they have three foundation players right there. Marcus Smart is a foundation championship piece off of any bench in the NBA as we speak. Mm -hmm. So he compliments what they're doing. Now it's time to put whoever that guard is. If it's Kemba Walker, Kemba, it's time now for you to relinquish the reins. Yeah. Say it's it's their team. Mm -hmm. It's it's their team. I don't need 20 shots. It's their team now. Yep. Yep. Okay, whatever the four man is or whatever position, how do you compliment these guys? Five man, how do you compliment these guys? Mm-hmm. And we're going to build a team around these guys. I think that's where you go long term because those two have shown me that they're good enough to win an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Every team in the league covets the same thing. They want wing players who can defend and score. Well, you got two of them. You got two of them and you got two young guys in their prime. That's going to be really good for the next, I don't know, five to 10 years, however mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. Burn, they, neither one of them gets injured. So I think it's time right now for the Celtics to look at it and say, okay, we're all in. This is how we're going to do it because you keep piecemealing it together and you don't, you don't want to stunt their growth. You don't want to stunt Jalen Brown's growth. I mean, this guy is getting better and better every single year. His leadership that he showed off the court this year. Magnificent. You can't. You don't want to stunt that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stunt Jalen. What, what's what's Jason Tatum's ceiling? Like, this guy I could mean, be I, an MVP. In I mean, and talk about, like, guys that, you know, the resume checks out. I mean, this one kid went to Duke. One kid went to Cal Berkeley. I mean, like you hey, said, they, they do a lot out the floor. I mean, they, they, they just check me. every now, box. I'm just saying, yeah. They check every now, box. Now, everyone yeah. else can piecemeal it, and we need this and patch it up. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I'm Them two, it's time now to say we've been looking around. <laughs> we've been we've trying. Shot. Yeah, we've been window shopping. We've been trying. And, 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 and that's fine. And I respect yeah. why they did it because those guys, you don't want to put too much on these young players' plate. You're like, I'm going to try to lighten the load and bring them along. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man, I, would, I, I, I applaud Danny Ainge and, and Mike Zarin and all those guys over there for doing that. That's the right thing to do. But them young guys. They look ready. They, they don't look ready. They, they are ready. <laughs> them dudes are ready. So now <laughs> yep. let's, 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 Let's put all our let's put all our chips in the table. Jalen, Jason, it's time to go. And let's see how this turned out. Because I think those guys are good enough to bring a championship to Boston. I really do. Yeah, don't take FGAs away from those two. Yeah, oh don't, no, no. Don't bring in any more cooks. Kimba's uh, already taken enough. Well, I, I'm just saying that's where I think it's at. I I, yeah. I think that's where I think. So I like what it. do I know? I what like do it. I? I think if you're a Celtics fan, 
that's what you want to hear. You know, you want to hear that the guys that you homegrown under Brad Stevens, that you picked, that you selected, that you worked out, that you believed in, are turning into the stars that you said that you thought they would be. I mean, that why would that be a problem? You know, you know, take, you know, being at the at the cusp of a championship. The most fun part of it is when is when and where the players say the following. We're ready to take on the responsibility of winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, re- I remember that moment in my career where you stop looking around going, we need this. Mm-hmm. We need that. You say we have everything we need. We got all the ingredients right here and you take on the responsibility. The conversation I would love to have with those two young men, which I'm sure Danny Ainge is, because Danny Ainge is, he knows what he's doing, Mm -hmm. is when you are able to look those young men in the eye and say, okay, tell me what y'all need. We all in. Now, that is a conversation that you will always remember because now it's not like, well, oh man, what they doing? (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh man, why they get this guy? Mm-hmm. No, we're all on the same page now. The front office, the players, the, the ownership, yeah, and the coaches, yeah. It's time for Coach Stevens, Danny Ainge, the ownership, and the players to sit down in a room and say, "This is what we need now. We, we're going for it." It's time now, and that's. Where I see the organization is that they, you know, if one of those groups, one of those four aren't on the same page, they won't win it. But those two young players, though, they're ready right now. Tate, they've been around the league now. They know who can play and who can't play. They have some idea of what would complement them. They have some idea, Coach Stevens now has some idea of, what kind of player fits his personality. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for them now. Cause it is true. They have tested a lot of different, you know, personalities. Now it's time for all, like, for the owners, we've the executives, let's make the a coaches yeah. and the players to sit in a room and say, if this is going to be a win-win for all of us to take ownership and what comes in and out of here. Because let me tell you something. When you know the Lakers, I know there's one person who's taking a great interest in everything that's going on. I know there's one guy. I know there's one guy. <laughs> and any team that wins, the players have to take ownership in the organization. This is not an accident why the Warriors won. It's not an accident why San Antonio won. It's not an accident that the Lakers won. Mm-hmm. I think it's time now. And I'm so excited for the Celtics because these guys are in their prime. I mean, yep. These guys are at, they are, they can make a run run. Okay. So imagine, imagine a player like Steph Curry playing with that group, those two guys. Okay. Just 
And I'm just saying, because he would compliment what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? I'm not saying that that, I'm just saying it's time for those guys now to think to, that yeah, about that move. Yep. Yeah. To say, this is what we need that will push us over the top. And then, or Kyle Lowry, or you know, for that matter, or I mean, someone, whatever, whatever, yeah, whoever whatever, it may be, whatever, yeah. whoever that may be, I don't know, mm-hmm. but whoever that may be, okay, if it's not Kemba, okay, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong to say yay or nay, but right now, those two players, I want them to be all in on this. I want them to look around every day and say, you know what, this is ours. This We're is the ours. Celtics. Yep, that's it. That's good. I think that's a final good note. I had one more thing I wanted to bring up because I thought it was hilarious. Real quick, real quick, real quick, then, real quick. Jimmy Butler was asked about uh, Derrick Rose and Tibbs getting back together, and he said, I think Tibbs is getting the band back together. Uh, oh. And, oh. And, uh, and, Does that uh, mean Jimmy's coming to New York? What does that mean? What does that mean? Is that what you're saying? I, that's that's what he said, and uh, he just started laughing as he said it. But I, I and look, I watched D Rose in his first game. He's throwing no look passes to my boy Obi Toppin, and uh, it warmed my heart. So I just wanted to throw that in. I, I just thought J- Jimmy's been on a roll lately, so uh, I, I've been enjoying J- it. Jimmy's a very quotable, quotable <laughs> yeah. player. Can we get Jimmy on the show? I just want we to gotta get Jimmy. Get Jimmy. Yeah, we gotta play Blu-ray with him or Dominoes. That's what he well, wants to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I want to get him on and just let Jimmy talk. I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say a word. I'm just gonna let Jimmy talk, and that will be very entertaining. You know. Yep, the um, most interesting man in the NBA. Uh, and there you have it. This has been another edition of Pushing Through. We will be back next week. And remember, kids, FGAs. <laughs>